Hi, this is Timothy Pig, and I want to welcome you to Text Driven Podcast, a podcast put out by the Ministry of Fellowship Church in Southwest Florida. Text Driven Podcast exists to equip you to know God and make Him known through text driven preaching and practice. To learn more about Fellowship Church, visit our website, fellowshipchurch.co. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Text Driven Podcast as we're in the middle of a series talking about the topic of spiritual warfare. One of the things we uh, tend to forget in the Christian life is that we're actually engaged in a spiritual battle. There is a real enemy, and that enemy is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. That enemy is looking to do nothing other than to ruin the life of believers and to ruin the Lord's church. However, we have in Scripture a wonderful promise that uh, Jesus gave to the Apostle Peter and to the disciples who confess Jesus as Lord. He said this, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So as believers in Christ, we know we are engaged in a spiritual battle against Satan and his demons, but we have the promise that victory has already been claimed through Christ. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and was buried in a tomb, and in three days he rose again from the grave, he conquered uh, our greatest foe. He conquered Satan, he conquered sin, and he conquered Death. Therefore, we as believers do not fight for victory. We are able to fight from victory, knowing that in Christ all of the battle against Satan has been won. And Satan is a defeated foe. However, just because he is a defeated foe does not mean that he uh, ceases to wage war and uh, to bring about as many casualties in the battle as possible. And it is for that reason that we've been talking about the topic of spiritual warfare. And at this point in the series, we are walking through the different pieces of armor that Christians need to arm themselves with if they are going to be successful in the battle against Satan. And our text that we've been utilizing in each of these episodes is Ephesians chapter 6, where the Bible says, beginning in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic power over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. It is these these next two pieces of armor that I want us to spend this episode talking about. The first piece of armor that I want us to speak about is the armor known as the breastplate of righteousness. Now, if you're a new believer and you hear that term righteousness, you might be a little bit of confused of what it means. Well, when we talk about righteousness, one of the ways I like to define it as a pastor is to speak of it in this way, to speak of it as being right compared to being wrong. 
Now, if we understand uh, the doctrine of depravity, that is who we are uh, without Christ, we are depraved human beings. This means that we have a sin nature, and that nature means that we are all sinners, that what we do is wicked before a holy God. And we're taught in the book of Jeremiah that the heart of man is desperately wicked above all things, and it's even unknowable that the depths of our wickedness lead to such an extent in suppressing the truth that we've exchanged the Creator for creation, as Romans chapter 1 teaches us. So because of that, we are wrong before God. That without Christ, uh, the Father looks down upon His creation, particularly at us as human beings, and He does not see us as right with Him, but instead He sees us as wrong. And that wrongness is what we term in theological discussions as being unrighteous. Now, many people try to become righteous through different means. They try to be good people. They try to give to charity. They try to not speak ill of someone else. They try to be a good friend. And the Bible tells us that all of these actions that we attempt to do that are good are nothing but filthy rags, that there is not one of us who are good, not even one. There's nothing that the human can do. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that I can do that will make us right with God because inherently we are wrong and we are sinners. And that's what makes the gospel of Jesus Christ so wonderful. Because in our helpless and hopeless state, Jesus came and he died once and for all for the ungodly. He died for you and he died for me. And in his death on the cross, he was perfectly righteous, but he died the death that the unrighteous, you and me, deserved. So when Jesus died on the cross, he died in our place. Because of our wrongness, there had to be judgment brought to us. And that judgment that had to be brought to us was the judgment of God because the penalty for our sin is death. But on the cross, Jesus was our substitute. He died in our place, a perfectly righteous man Jesus died for the unrighteous man, you and me. And if we will believe by faith on the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins and he was buried in a tomb and three days later he rose again, we will be saved. And that's the glorious gospel of the grace of God, that he made a way for the unrighteous to be made righteous through his Son, Jesus. So if to be unrighteous is to be wrong before God, to be righteous would be to be right before God. It is to act in a way that is in accordance with the nature of God. It is to act rightly. It is to do rightness. And that is what is given to us when we believe on Christ Jesus. So with that understanding of righteousness, what is Paul saying when he tells us as Christians to put on now the breastplate of righteousness? What does it mean for us to put on that breastplate? 
Well, I believe that it's coming from, uh, Paul is pulling that imagery from an Old Testament passage. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 17, the Bible speaks about how God puts on the breastplate of righteousness in order to deliver his people and to punish the enemies against Israel. So God puts on his breastplate of righteousness and wages war against the enemies of Israel. Well, so what does it mean then for us to put on the breastplate of righteousness? What I believe that it means for us to put on that breastplate of righteousness is to put on the righteousness of God. Just because you have believed on the Lord Jesus for your salvation and God now looks at you as righteous, not because of anything good in you, but because of his son Jesus, we have now a responsibility to grant to the Spirit of God in living within us a surrendered access to our entire life so that the work of God can be lived out through us and we can begin to demonstrate the uprightness, the new nature that we have, the godly nature that we have, the Christ-likeness that is meant to be lived through us. So when the scripture is talking about us putting on the breastplate of righteousness, it is saying that we are to cover our vital organs, you could say, uh, as believers with the righteousness of God. Now that's encouraging for us because if we were to put on our own righteousness, if we were to put on our own armor, we would be quickly defeated. But when we put as our covering the righteousness of God, then we can stand in the promise of the resurrection, knowing that there is victory for us. And when our vital part of us, our heart is covered by the righteousness of God, then we know that we are secure from any of the attacks that Satan wants to bring. So I want to encourage you today in your battle against Satan, do not go to battle in your own righteousness, but let the righteousness of God cover your heart so that you can be secured from the attacks of Satan. So we see here in this first piece of armor, the breastplate of righteousness. But then the Bible also talks about a second piece of armor that I want to deal with in this episode, and it is that we have our shoes for the gospel. You notice that it describes it in this way in verse 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So just as the righteousness of God protects our heart, we have the shoes of the gospel to go out and share the good news of Christ Jesus. And this is extremely important for us because it is the shoes of the gospel that allow us to traverse the world that we live in. If we want to understand what is happening in this world, we have to understand it through a gospel lens. If we're going to be able to go to battle and have the sure footing that we need in the world around us that is built on godless ideologies, the only way we can have a sure footing to be able to move forward in this world is if we are 
walking in the gospel. It is with the gospel that we have stability, and it is with the gospel that we have mobility. Let's first talk about stability. If you were to go all the way back to Ephesians chapter 1 and read through that opening chapter, you will find over and over and over this prepositional phrase that the believer is in Christ, in Him. That is our stability. The stability that we have in a world that is wasting away is the stability of the fact that if you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved and you are secured in him. That's the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that in Christ Jesus, we have been given a sealed guarantee that we will be kept until the day when we are with the Father forever in eternity. That gives us stability. So when all of the world is falling apart all around us, when inflation is out of this world, when uh, rumors of war are occurring, when uh, everything seems to be getting out of hand and the world seems to be falling apart, you can rest in the stability that your life is secured in Christ Jesus. That's our stability. But when we talk about mobility, we talk about our mission as believers. God did not call you and me just to be stable in a sedentary state, but instead he called for us to be mobile, to be going. This is what is represented in the Great Commission in the preposition going to make disciples. You know the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Notice the language there. Go. There is a mobile nature to it. There is a moving nature to it. There is a doing nature to it. Also in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, uh, I will send my spirit and he will make you witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. Notice the mobility of the church, the moving of the church, the expansion of the church from Jerusalem to the ends of the world. The only way the gospel is going to get to the ends of the world is if the believer has on his feet the shoes of the gospel and takes it there. God's plan for reaching the nations is the local church taking that gospel to the nations. And this is what the scripture is talking about. As Christians, as we wage this battle against Satan, we are to be stable in Christ and we are to be mobile taking the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the world. And I can just tell you this, that one of the best ways to defeat Satan and all of his schemes is to be a personal soul winner. One of the ways that you can silence the enemy, one of the ways that you can disarm the enemy is to be somebody who is mobile on mission with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you today as we bring this episode to a close to cover your heart, not with your own righteousness, but the righteousness of God. And then number two, let me encourage you to go and make Jesus known. Put on your shoes, stand stable of being in Christ and go out mobile and make 
Jesus know? It is crucially important that you do that because it is our commission that God has given to our church to go and make him known to all nations. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Text Driven Podcast. For more resources like this one, I encourage you to visit our website, www.fellowshipchurch.co. And if you're ever in the Southwest Florida area, we would love to have you visit us here at Fellowship Church. We have campuses in Immokalee and in Ave Maria. You can find the location and the exact address on our website as well. Because see, at Fellowship, we like to say, your family. So we want to welcome you home to Fellowship Church whenever you get a chance to visit us on a Sunday for one of our worship services. God bless. We're praying for you as you live a text-driven life.